Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another episode of Be Limitless with Bella Bliss. I am your host, Bella Bliss, and today we have a wonderful guest. They're always wonderful. Oh my goodness. I love Lisa so much that I asked her on and she graciously accepted. She has been through so many different roles as a woman, as a mother, as a stepmother with the blended family, a widow. She has been married, divorced, all different type of situations, medical. And also she has the faith that has led her to be a chaplain and all different types of legacy planning, etc. cetera. Um, you name it, she's probably done it. And I just think that she's so amazing because going through transitions is not easy, especially as a woman, especially when we are trying to figure ourselves out in the bigger picture of things, in the smaller picture, in the bigger picture, whatever picture it is. In this world, we're trying to find who we are, our truth, our our purpose, our passion, etc. And through life, it's always moving. And somehow she was able to get through so many different type of relationships, so many different type of transitions, also a lot of emotions, a lot of loss, a lot of gains, a lot of blending. <laughs> and, you know, time passes and we have a whole new set of things that we want for ourselves, that we continue to strive towards. And I just feel like her resilience is just so incredible in the way that she's able to go through these transitions. I just call it like a boss, right? But we also see the end result for things. And she's able to share all of the, the emotions and things, the processing of those emotions how to express those emotions and getting help with that, understanding her own emotions at an early age. And I really feel like with that help and with that action of asking for help and knowing, right, that she needs help so that she doesn't continue with that pattern has really helped her uh, go Go with life. I, I call it the flow, right? Go with the flow. But also, really, her, her key point was acceptance. And that is one of the things that in the grieving process is where we want to be, is in the acceptance. And she has found that through her faith. And also the knowing that with that love and the relationships that she's built and that, um, I would say connectedness and that, uh, meaningfulness, the value 
that she puts on people and relationships and, you know, understanding them and learning what they may be going through and how she could help. Uh, I just feel all the way around body, mind, spirit, soul. She is and has continued to align and realign. And I love the fact that she had mentioned about creating. So recreating and recreating and learning her personality that she's different from her sister or she's different from, you know, the other person and how much that she's able to accept in her life. And I love the way that she processes all of these different dilemmas in a sense, right? Dilemmas, challenges, struggles, and, and works through them and finds a solution that works for her. And I think that's what's so important is that when we find solutions that work for us, that we're able to express that. And one of the things that I feel is important is we talked about how separation or us feeling separate from the world or feeling alone, or she had mentioned the word isolated, how important that is that we don't feel that way. And she has also had people that she, she loved and she knew who couldn't handle life and went through suicide, actually taking their life. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that I feel like she has this resilience and she really is, she, she really is connected with a higher power. And I believe that that's important for us because we are just such, we, we have the resilience when we know that we're not alone and we know that we can get through and we don't need to do it alone, right? When we have that hope and we have, we give ourselves grace and we're able to express the emotions and let it flow through us. That is the healing part of life. That is the acceptance. And that's also the growth so that we can build up that strength to be able to do things a little better the next time, right? And so I think it's really important is that never once did we mention failure, right? It's all about trying. Um, actually, it's it's not trying. It's in the doing. We're not triers, right? We're, we're actually in the doing. And that's the most important thing, I, I believe, is the action. It's the action that people take that really gives them that, that trust and the knowing and the belief and that feeling of acceptance for themselves. And when we don't do that and we stay in that cycle or that toxicity or uh, whatever's not serving us, then we're not, we're doing ourselves a disservice. So that is why I say not to keep silent because 
when we keep silent, we're holding on all the things and we think that that is going to help us not feel the pain, but actually the pain and the anger and the bitterness and the resentment and the blame and all of the things, they're going to come out and they're going to come out in ways that you don't expect it. And sometimes they may show up as disease. So we talk about, you know, the different health, how important it is. She has a group that talks all about health and wealth because it's all connected. And think about the person or the things or the legacy, the memories that you want to create and also pass down for others, right? I mean, why are we here? We're not here just to exist. We're here to be and shine our own unique self. And for that acceptance and the love and the understanding of who we are, that's the best gift that we can give ourselves because we are made in such an incredible way that we need to celebrate that. Okay, so I hope that you're able to take our gems of our conversation today and really take it to heart. It's a it's a very like down to earth human level of we go through these things, we experience these things, we can get through these things. And we as as long as we're open to new experiences, we can expand and grow and and connect that's what we do we do we do all the time is connect and i mean we could have talked all night all night long isn't there a song like that (laughs) yeah you hear it in your head all night long um yeah we could have talked all night long but we are just talking about really the strength of the human spirit and the resilience And what really kept her motivated to enjoy life every day, even with the gains and the losses and the blending and the different dynamics of life and how she was able to overcome a lot of, you know, a lot of really hard feelings and how she was able to adjust through them. And it was all really down to the belief her her faith and belief in herself and the trust and the knowing that, you know, it's the acceptance of what life is. And when we're in the that acceptance, that's when we can feel whole and, and really um, alive. That's when we can really enjoy life. So anyhow, I am so excited to share Lisa with you and the podcast will be live on 11-11-22. So watch out for it. And for whenever you're listening to this, this could be maybe, you know, months down the road or years down the road. These type of topics, they never go away because they're just part of being human. And I think it's so important that we realize that we need to accept that we have feelings, we have emotions, but we need to learn how to express them in a healthy way and have a good, healthy perspective of ourselves. Because you matter 
and we love you and you are limitless. So as I said, don't be silent. Don't be silent about who you are. The world needs you. You need you. We need you. And we are all connected like a ray of the sun. That's what I said. It's like, we think we're a ray of the sun. No, we are all connected in beautiful rays of sun and the source. The same thing as being one wave. We think we're alone. We're one wave. No, we are all flowing and we're all going. We might be different directions. We might be different strengths. We might be, but we're all connected in that sea, right? See, (laughs) we're all connected. And that's what's important to go with that flow of life and just be in that surrender and also the acceptance. But that's the healthy part of being in yourself to just be you. Okay. So anyhow, all right. Well, ciao for now. I love, love, love for you to check out Lisa in this episode. And I'm super excited that you're here with us. And I send you lots and lots of love. Mm. Okay. Ciao. Welcome to another episode of Be Limitless with Bella Bliss. And today we have a wonderful, I'm a big fan of Lisa, Lisa Casaro. And I am going to let her introduce herself. We're going to talk about how we met. And then we're going to deep dive into relationships and all of the different roles that she's played in her life and her thoughts, emotions, actions, and all the different transitions and transformations that she's come through. Because I really feel like transformations is huge for us. And for Lisa, it's almost like she as in, in, a, in a woman, a woman role, a, an entrepreneur, um, a mother, she's gone through so many different types of roles. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but we'll, we're going to talk about that. And through that process, she has learned how to manage. And that that's what why I'm in awe of keeping things together, keeping things organized, keeping things in a in a good um, harmony. But I'm sure we'll hear that it wasn't easy. And there's a lot of surprises that come along the way. But what I really want to know is how she got through those things. Because sometimes we just feel like we want to give up. And mm. I really want to ask Lisa the hard questions of how she got through those transitions, those challenging transitions. So go ahead and take it away, Lisa. Let us know um, who you are, what you do uh, on on a human level as well. And then we're going to talk about how we met and then we're going to start asking the questions. Well, thank you so much, Bella. I am just super thrilled to be here today. And I don't even know what to say about all those kind things that you just said about me. And I'm hoping that I fulfill every 
every dream that you all would have about that. <laughs> so first of all, I am a woman that is in, you know, what some would consider sort of the autumn stage of their life. I'm in my early 60s. And uh, I know I look fabulous, but I am. And uh, and I am, first of all, a seeker of God and truth. That is really what has really kept me grounded and and really helped me through all the changes, good, bad, ugly, and, and indifferent in life. And I am a a wife and a and a grandma, a mom, and I raised five kids. I had uh, two bio sons and raised three stepkids in a blended family. And that was marriage number three. <laughs> my bio kids came from marriage number two. And my current husband and I, I have adult stepchildren in my later in life marriage to uh, husband number four. And we're a multiracial family, which is awesome. I, I love animals. I love people. I love I, I, I love life. I really do. I think, you know, certainly we all have good days and bad days and good seasons and easy seasons and hard seasons in our lives. Um, but I've had a lot of different careers too. Um, <laughs> and, and if I, I'm not even going to go through careers. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been everything from, um, I studied to be a disc jockey when I was in my teens, right out of high school, I wanted to be a disc jockey. And I've been an apartment manager. I have been an interior decorator. Um, I have worked in the construction industry wow. when I lived in California for more than 15 years. I've been a business owner and a co-owner. Oh, and where are you now? I'm in Northwest Arkansas now. Okay. Yeah. I'm a California girl, born and raised, like third generation Californian. And I ended up in Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Southern, was it Southern California? So, well, I lived, I was born and raised in Southern California um, and lived all over down there. I moved 28 times in 10 years. Ooh, then God. I moved to the central coast of California where I lived for the last 20 years. And I've lived here in Northwest Arkansas for six. Wow. So it's been, it's been an interesting journey. I've done a lot of traveling in the United States, not so much international. I've been to Mexico and Canada. Um, not yet. I, you haven't gone yeah. elsewhere yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I'm not going to ever say never, but honestly, there's so much here to see that I, I don't really have that much desire to go international anymore for a lot of different reasons, but but I'm cool with that. I mean, at one time, you know, I wanted to travel the world and I don't care if I do. I went to Hawaii and that was good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've done all these things and now in the, in the last, well, since the early 2000s, I've been involved in healthcare and I am a nationally board certified patient advocate currently studying for my certified senior advisor certification. Oh, wow. And um, and then I'll be uh, getting my insurance license as well. So, and tell us how you became an advocate, why you decided to do that. Sure. Um, just kind of in a nutshell, my original foray into advocacy began more than 30 years ago when my six month old infant son was diagnosed with a terminal illness uh, before the internet. And so I had to advocate for him. He is now 34 years old. So he is not, did not um, fulfill their horrible destiny that they had for him. 
And um, I would like to think that part of that was because of my advocacy for him in seeking a second opinion at another um, hospital. But all of that said, I give all the glory to God for that, that healing, honestly. Uh, then I had ambitions to become a nurse uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s. And I was enrolled in uh, and accepted into a RN program. But my life took another turn and I just decided to pursue other ventures instead of staying on that uh, RN pathway. And then in the early 2000s, when I was married to husband number three, in our 40s, he was diagnosed with a rare form of kidney cancer. And um, I was engaged in advocacy for him. He sadly lost his 18-month battle with, with cancer, and I was a widow at age 47. Then there was a course that I took with uh, Cleveland State University. Uh, and I completed a certification there. And then I got a job, sort of miraculously, social work coordinator at a uh, rehab skilled nursing facility and did that for about six years before I moved here. But I've done long-term acute care hospital case management. I was a genetic counseling assistant for a year. Uh, serving more than a thousand clients as the genetic counseling assistant in a regional program. I became a non-medical case manager for an HIV program, and I've co-founded an amputee and caregiver support group. I completed about a year of a hospital chaplaincy program. Yeah. And, and now I am a board certified patient advocate since, uh, 2019, I took I took the exam and and have held that certification and will continue on with that as a private as a private um, patient advocate. So that's sort of the long story to uh, my my work bio as advocacy. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, it's like yeah. it's like one of those uh, accordions. You know how they have like all the pictures of your family, grandkids, and all of that. That's like what your resume looks like. It's just this accordion of all this. It it is truly. I have I have, you know. I guess I'm one of those people that you know. I I always hope at parties to keep my mouth shut because <laughs> because I could say you know I could relate to so many people and I I want to make sure that it doesn't sound like oh I'm one of those people that goes oh I've done this and I've done that and I've done everything and I'm just the best and I, I never feel like that and I never want to sound like that so I just oftentimes just kind of you know just listen to what other people have to say <laughs> and and don't say anything so yeah I'm sorry that was way longer elevator speech <laughs> elevator pitch that's one of the reasons why I had you on today Lisa <laughs> You know, for for some people, so much information or so much change, it becomes overwhelming for them. And and that's not it, folks. (laughs) She does a lot more than just the health side. She also does, how is it called, Lisa? Um, I do estate education and I'm a legacy advisor. So what I do is we, uh, I help people obtain a trust using technology assisted platforms. I am involved in doing that. I have a, a, a group on, on Facebook and, 
And uh, I like to provide information. My my moniker is Miss Info Highway. And <laughs> yes. um, and I I just love information and research and I I a lot of different subjects. So um yeah, I do that. And um, you know, we do special needs trusts and uh, universal guardian guides for people with um dependent children or adults as well. So I love that. And Lisa doesn't only work alone because sometimes when we're talking about our our legacy, we're talking about the things that we're going to pass on to our children, grandchildren, that type of thing. We start thinking about that person, right, that we're going to talk to. And they have a whole team of people. So it's not just Lisa, it's a whole team. So you're fully supported along with an attorney, along with um, financial help as well. Mm -hmm. And, and paralegals and yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's a whole support. So you are in good hands when you work with Lisa and all of that the trust level is there. You can tell with everything that she has already done that she is very caring and mindful of your situation. And I really believe that this is the best system because everything is done in the way that you want it to be done. Organized a, a funeral or um, thought about your own. There's so many details that go along with that, and their program, you're able to be in full control at all times when you are alive. <laughs> so absolutely, you're planning everything to to the very fine detail. Some people are super detailish, and some people aren't. But it's made for everybody. Oh, Lisa, I, I didn't tell you, but my bestie and I were actually talking about the songs that we wanted to play. Oh, there you go. <laughs> at our, there you go. At our funeral or, you know, at the service. Right. And she was getting excited about it. So just to say that, you know, some people are are just really on it. And they they want everything to be just so when they pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people don't want to think about it at all because it's almost like a taboo thing. But oh, absolutely it is. Right? Yeah. And yeah. and even, you know, Lisa, she was a widow at a young age. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what age you are, it's always something good to talk about, think about. And to really make sure that all of your assets, even if you don't think you have any, but you do, you, we do, we do. And actually our health is probably our number one asset and it not even, you know, notwithstanding the physical things that we acquire or own or, you know, buy or sell, um, our health and our relationships, our assets. I like to think about the, the social and emotional aspect of assets that we have in our lives as well, because truly when it all comes down to it, because I deal with a lot of end of life situations I have in the past and 
you know, I do teach on end of life and advanced care planning, but truly all of those things don't, the things, the things that we have in life don't matter when it comes down to happen to go out of this world in a, a scenario where we have a little, little more control and maybe a long-term illness or something that is a foreseen situation and rather than an accident or something like that, right? If we come down to that, we're never going to spend the time, and this is not, I did not make this up, but someone else did. We're not going to ever say, well, I wish I would have spent more time at the office, or I wish I would have had more houses or boats or cars or planes or whatever. I, you know, it's all about really what we did with our lives and who we are as people and and what relationships we had. And relationships are the key, I think, for me, for for sustaining myself through all the different life changes, expected and unexpected. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love every single part of that because when we're thinking about our assets, we're thinking about the money in the bank and, you know, what kind of material possessions. And so I don't know if I told you, Lisa, I am interested in or I plan to be a digital nomad so mm -hmm. that I could just sell everything and just live freely. Mm -hmm. I don't have the particular ties as far as my my parents and then also children. So right. I am that's the lifestyle that I'm going to choose. And it's different for everybody, right? Yeah. It's what Lisa said is like the material things, they don't matter. And that's what I realized in this <laughs> this past seven years of being away from a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. that the material things don't matter it is mm -hmm. the relationships and what you know what you build throughout that time but also the type of relationships too because right. when the relationships are out of love and respect and joy and happiness those are the memories that you want and the life that you want to live and what you want to pass on for for them to remember you as, right? Right. And and I think truly, uh, Bella, we in our lifetimes, now some people may not think about it. I personally have spent a lot of time thinking about it. Like, what do I want to be remembered for? How would I want not just my family or my friends, but even the world to remember me? And I think there's a part of us that likes to think that you know, we all want to live forever. And so having a legacy, whatever that legacy is, whether that's we're going to be a writer or an artist or, um, and I think you have a, if I remember correctly, was it a cousin that was an artist? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and left some beautiful art. Yes. She, and now she is in the Asian Art Museum in San Francisco and she's wow. honored for her life and they're honoring her because she wasn't honored while she was alive. An appreciation for the talent I, and the time that she put into the work that she did. Yeah. I, I, you know, and that, and that's to my point though, it's, that's the legacy that she had, you know, I mean, that's an awesome legacy that she was able to, to leave to the world. And I know that you had mentioned, I want to get off topic, 
you mentioned in the beginning. It's all uh, on topic. A little bit. We're all on topic. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit about, you know, what it was that we wanted to, wanted to do or even that sometimes we get stuck and especially women, we, we feel like giving up. And I think truly that sometimes those, what I call desert places, because I've had them, I mean, long enough on the planet life isn't always you know skittles and rainbows i mean it just isn't but you know i'm a cat lover so um you know but it's life isn't always that and there's been times when uh, yeah i have felt like giving up but ultimately my question to myself is what are you going to give up to mm. what would i give up to like can i really go back and those are the kind of deep questions i've asked myself and but yeah, I mean, do I get depressed? Yeah, I, yeah, I've been depressed. and But it's those relationships that I've been able to foster over time that, and, and sometimes new relationships. I mean, our relationship is is fairly new. Oh, yeah. And um, within, within the last few years, it feels, it feels older to me, which I like. We haven't known each other for decades or anything like that. It is wonderful and it's fresh and and I love your spirit and how, you know, your level of positivity and your transparency and and I love all those things about you. So our relationships over time will change, or at least mine have, and even some relationships that I've had for decades have changed, especially since COVID and, you know, relationships for a lot of people that I've listened to have changed. And there's some grief and there's been some division, even in families and there's some grieving processes and some losses of friendships of very long time friendships as well. And and I've experienced that even since COVID. So, but so it's some of these newer relationships that I've been able to foster and grow. And even though we're distant to each other, we still manage to connect. Hello on, you know, video chats and things like that and uh, incredible yeah I mean I I haven't met Lisa we haven't met in person but it just feels like we're just we're old friends yeah (laughs) known each other forever yeah and And to just be able to reach out and share and and you know support one another and really cheer each other on right yeah and and another point that I wanted to make, and not that this is all about business, but it's definitely about women. We met in a business collective of women under a same mentor at the time and wonderful friend. And that's where we grew our relationship. And we have been able to balance some business ideas and, and personal things again, over video, but you know, we've been able to have that work-life balance as well as we've been growing this relationship. So um, it, it's possible to do it on, on video chat. And I've heard other people for such a time as this, you know, 20 years ago, this really, well, maybe 20, 25 years ago, this wasn't even possible. Yeah. Really? So it is now. Well, and I mentioned in my, sort of in my intro or bio there that, you know, my son was in the hospital and this was before the internet. So all of my research was in the medical library. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't 
there was no internet to, you know, I couldn't pick up a, couldn't pick up my phone and just log on and, you know, do a search or anything. And now, you know, here we are with teeny tiny phones really that are computers. And I yeah. mean, it's just, it's amazing. So the opportunity to have relationships and to get information and to grow and change is sometimes at a breakneck speed and Bella I know that you are really good about teaching in in your groups too because you've had to walk through it yourself how to get centered and balanced and to slow down when things feel like they're too fast is that true yes yes yeah so I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I was to the point where I was going through so much trauma that Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to take in a lot of information or even being being able to speak to people just it's too much energy for me to do Mm -hmm. all that and I needed to stay focused so what I needed to do I felt which was the best thing to do which I teach too is to minimize minimize Mm -hmm. because it just becomes so overwhelming and so it it gets heavy and what I what I liken it to is when you have a your computer open or maybe even your phone and you've got too many windows open or like oh, yeah. for me I have windows and tabs or mm-hmm. different applications or whatever in some instances what happens is we we think because it's open like the windows open or the tab is open or whatever's open we're going to get back to that then you got another one, you're going to get back to that. You get another one, you're going to get back to that. You don't want to lose it. But pretty soon you're like, where the heck is my stuff? Like I've got- I love that analogy. Or yes. 50 windows open, right? Yes, and yes. So pretty soon you need to, you don't have the time to go, am I going to get back to that? Do I need, just got to click, 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 close, close all of it. And then start with your priorities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's meaningful mm-hmm. what's necessary and then go from there because then it gets overwhelming and it gets too confusing right you have too much stuff right and i love that you got to close your windows yep close windows. <laughs> yeah, exactly close those windows yeah yeah perfect yeah and i i needed to do that because i in in this seven years and even today I call it my Zen Den or my babe cave is that I've really took a lot of time to reflect and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really look at my life. And there was some p- part of my life where I was like, I don't even have a life. I don't even know, right. know who I am, like as a healed person. Right. So I needed to really um, not be judgmental on myself and, mm-hmm. When I did the the dating profile, I was like, I'm not even fun. You know, like mm-hmm. I haven't done any fun stuff. Like mm-hmm. they're asking what kind of your hobbies and stuff. It's like, freaking my hobby was just surviving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, yeah. we can spend a lot of time just, just trying to maintain our sanity sometimes. Yeah. In the hustle and bustle of whatever's going on yeah. that we forget to recreate or recreate which is the same word sounds a little different means a little bit different things right but 
recreate and recreate ourselves. And learning how to do that, I really never learned how to do that. Um, and that's a whole nother story, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, we'll in, a, in a recovery, <laughs> in recovering who Lisa was and in, it, well, in discovering who Lisa was yeah. and then in recovering the parts that I wanted to save and tossing out what I didn't need anymore and all of that. I, I learned about myself that I really never learned how to recreate myself or recreate myself and and in learning how to recreate I had to recreate myself and I'm still doing that I'm still doing that and and I also realize that I'm not one of those sanguine fun personalities it also has to do with the type of personality you're kind of pre-wired with yeah and I'm more like your Labrador retriever kind of dog kind of you know I'm your loyal puppy kind of friend and not to a fault but you know, I'm going to get that done and I've got head down as, a, you know, like a beaver and I'm going to build something and I'm going to be that, I'm going to be those kind of, those kind of personalities. And, and I know I'm using animals, but you know, <laughs> that's whatever. Funny. I like animals. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not the otter. It's, my sister is the otter. If it's fun, she'll do it. And if it's not fun, she'll figure out how to make it fun and and you know that's perfect we need all kinds of people in the world but but it's really harder when you're more like me to find that fun part of yourself so I don't know that's a little side note there yeah but you know that it's so interesting that you mentioned that because we are all wired differently and fun might not be the the end goal right it right something else And so that is one of the things that I work with intensely is personality, because I really feel like once you know your personality, your true authentic self, then you can live your life that way and not feel guilty, right? Like you, you're unapologetic about just being you, just being. Right. Right. And that is how we can be limitless within our own limitations. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I don't know. My goals and dreams have changed over the years. And I think other people. Right. Yeah. Right. I'd love for you to speak on that because I think what happens is we get so we, we, especially as women, I feel we get so stuck in our expectations or our dreams mm. that it needs to be a certain way and we we hold on to that and get disappointed when it doesn't turn out that way or like what you said they change because we change and right. for people who are stuck in that in that area of i wanted it to be this way i wanted to have a family this way it's not working out or you know whatever else it might be where they get stuck what would you, what would you say to those people that might be in that arena at this time um so I all I can do is of course speak for what I've experienced and my experience strength and hope to someone is that acceptance when when we're in a situation especially if there feels like there's a whole sea of change that's happening and we don't know like we're experiencing like our expectation was one thing and I, and I'll use an example of my first marriage and my first divorce if that's okay yeah. um so 
I got married when I was 18 and I was legally, well, I, I separated from him when I was 20. So we were together about two years. I only knew him six weeks. So that was actually a pretty good, you know, amount of time, I think. Um, but he was my practice husband. Yeah. So um, anyway, then, then it was another two years or two and a half years before we actually got divorced. But I didn't get married with any expectations. Of course, at 18 years old, what do you know? I mean, right. you think you know everything. I thought I knew a whole lot at 18. And I look back and go, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and how come nobody was like slapping me around right. going, you know, this is not a good idea. Well, I know why they didn't because I didn't tell anyone. I just eloped. So anyway, but but I guess my point is that my expectation, though, wasn't once I got married and once I settled into being married and it was beautiful and wonderful and all that stuff. Uh, he was a rock and roll musician and I was, you know, whatever, a groupie. You know, once I settled in the expectation that my life didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. I was okay, but that was acceptance of what was. And I actually found a therapist at the time. So I've been in and out of therapeutic relationships since I was 19 years old, but that's a good thing, I think, for me. Um, because it helps keep me, it, it gives me someone else's ideas and I can bounce my own ideas off somebody else as well and, and make sure that I'm thinking clearly because if I were to operate on my own hopes and dreams and wishes and wants and desires, I'm bound to repeat some of the good mistakes again. The expectation is that at a young age, because that's a about, very pure thought uh, about, uh, about not repeating certain patterns. I, I did after I started seeing the first therapist. Okay. Yes. Yeah, she really helped me to see that. So at least saw somebody periodically and kind of got a tune up that it was probably a better idea. Right. <laughs> and and so, but I mean, having those expectations that you were talking about it, and just accepting what is, is the basis for serenity. Yes. When we're not fighting the what ifs and the coulda, shoulda, wouldas and I can, I can even breathe better when you're saying that because that's, that's exactly what I teach. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and seriously, I mean, it just acceptance is the key to most situations in life. Now, is it, sometimes it's a, it's a whirlwind of getting there. Right. Sometimes I still, you know, there are certain areas that I, I still struggle with, but of course, you know, I'm human, so it's okay. And, and so the acceptance part is, I'm okay if I'm still struggling. I don't have to get it perfectly right. There's no perfectly right. The perfectly right is what's perfectly right for you. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, so I don't know. I have a, a, a certain sense that, that for a lot of people, it, it's managing your expectations and, and yeah. getting into acceptance. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, and for me, I've learned not to have any expectations and people mm -hmm. are just blown away with that. It's like, how could you not have expectations? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's certain things that I could do 
to go towards my goals and my dreams. But those are the only things that I can control. True. Yes. And I can't control the other things. No, so we don't have any control over other people. We don't have any control over the planet or politics or, you know, anything else that's yeah. going on out there. We can only control what our experience is. And when things don't work out my way, I don't get upset at it because they work out in the way <laughs> that they needed to work out. So I don't really see it as good or bad. It's just that it just is. And I think when we're in that understanding and that acceptance that, you know, this is life and it's how we respond to it. That's the most important thing and how we view ourselves in this, this whole thing that we call life. But I, I feel like when we fully understand the, the real true self and that acceptance for self, that's when we can really move through life in a way that feels like it's ease and grace, right? I, I think so. But I think for me mm -hmm. that all of that has been basis of my belief in a power greater than myself, which I happen to call Jesus Christ and God. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't happen to me in the beginning of my life. That happened in my 20s, but it's only been growing because it's been a relationship. And the more I walk in that closer contact, that conscious contact with, with that higher power, that conscious contact with God, and, and that's even up and down based on me, not based on God, based on me and where I'm at. But, but um, that's been the basis for my peace and serenity in the times when there's storms and man, there, there's been a lot, there's been a lot. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, I don't find myself being religious, but right. you have a relationship with God and mm -hmm. that's all I did. And, and, and actually, you know, it's interesting because I was in a, uh, I guess you can call it maybe like a church sermon, if people can understand um, just a talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there were two things I remembered, two different people. One, they said, if you were to exchange with your problems with anyone in the room, would you do it? I'm like, heck no, I wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. That was one. And the other thing was, if you don't know what to ask for, pray for Holy Spirit. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah. guess what I did the whole time that I was going through my stuff? I was in prayer and I would say year, especially mm -hmm. in the last year, I, I was just in constant prayer. Mm -hmm. and I just, I told him I had the faith and I said, look, I don't know what to do. I have mm -hmm. no idea. I need to get out of this. I do not need, I don't deserve to be treated this way. This is not the person that I am and I need to get out. I just need you to help me, help me because I can't do it by myself. Mm, I like that because you can't and, and I can't. And the other thing is, is to realize that we're not designed to we're not designed to live life as a lone ranger we're designed to live life connected to 
a, a being that's greater than ourselves. I I believe that. Um, I've walked the other way and it and it doesn't work. We're also designed to be in relationship with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times we isolate ourselves. Yes. yes. When we get into bad situations for whatever reason, and there's a yeah. lot of reasons why people isolate themselves. Yeah. But we isolate ourselves from others and we don't build or maintain the relationships we have. And that isolation creates a very dangerous situation a lot of people commit suicide yeah I know and yeah. and and that's not the answer I although I know that sadly I know several people that have committed suicide and in the wake of their suicides they have left people that care about them you know difficult situations yeah so yes. so suicide is 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 a whole nother topic but suicide is probably not the answer that the person needs. It might feel like that might be the relief, but the true relief is in acceptance and looking for the relationship with a higher power and with others. Yeah. I, That's the relief. And I've heard it in the way that we think that we're one ray of sun, right? Because we're we're isolating ourselves that there were one ray of sun. No, we're all connected in all the rays of the sun and the source. Mm-hmm. Same thing mm-hmm. like being one wave in the ocean. We're not one mm-hmm. wave. Mm-hmm. We're all connected in that way that you know we need to have that connection. So yeah, I agree with you. I, I was in isolation for so long mm-hmm. until I finally said yes to myself one day. And I was like, ooh. I said, yes, mm. <laughs> I can't believe it. I said, yes. Yeah. And and I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really beautiful how you've managed to um, be acceptant of somebody to help you through and then also taking action with that and then trusting and believing in yourself. I think that's where people, when they come out of trauma or a relationship or whatever it is where they feel like they made a mistake in their judgment, but, um, but you know, it's like what you said, it's, it's practice. Life is, is awkward. Life is practice. practice. Yeah. And we, I don't think that like what you were saying, you know, that we can um, have that expectation of doing it perfect the first time because mm. we're practicing, we're experimenting, mm. we're practicing, we're trying to you know really feel what what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what resonates with you. Like you know your personality is different. You're not going to be with somebody who's like okay, let's do this. <laughs> This um, what do you call it? The um, like hang gliding or right. you know, like the what do you call those those things? The I forget what they're called. The parasails. The no, the 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 line, the line. Oh, zip lining, zip lining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I I needed to come to terms with myself too because by the time I was divorced, I was late forties. So mm-hmm. be doing stuff like, you know, I was 20s and 
you know, e even though, you know, some people do, there's nothing wrong with that, but I just need to come to terms with myself. If a guy is going to be outdoorsy and wanting to go fishing and, you know, hiking and all this stuff, I might not want to do that. Or like, I'm not a, a swimmer. So, you know, somebody who's on the lake and, you know, doing all this swimming stuff and skiing and all this stuff, it may be for people, but might not. But for, for you to realize that, what, was there a certain time or you just kind of always knew and and it just attracted those people like how has that been for you with your your particular personality and and maybe the people that you liked too well I'm gonna just say that I have been attracted to different kind of men at different points in my life and for relationships and I'm I'm definitely uh you know, I'm definitely a heterosexual. I, I am a woman who likes men. So there's no question about anything else. But I would say that that if what I was looking for, and I and I wasn't in a real big fat hurry to find husband number four, I'm glad I didn't use my quota at husband number three, because apparently there might be one, I don't know. But husband number four came along at about after five years after my husband third husband had passed away and I was looking for someone who had a set of faults that I could live with and who could live with my set of faults mm -hmm. that's what I that's what I came to understand about my relationships and that at different phases of life it's very different dating when you're 50 exactly. than it is dating when you're 30 or 40 uh, and definitely different than when you're in your teens or 20s so yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to, again, accept that and figure out what those manage those expectations. And uh, I, I was just looking for someone who had a set of faults that I could live with, and who could live with my own set of faults, because but that's so realistic. Because, yeah. You know, we, we, <laughs> I, I actually talked to an older male coach. And that's exactly what he asked me. He said, are you currently in a relationship or are you looking for one? I said, yeah. And then I said, I really want to have, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he says, actually, a good, healthy relationship. And that, that was one of them, like what you said. Because <laughs> I said, well, I just want, you know, somebody who is not into, like, he doesn't have an ego, you know, like mm -hmm. an ego trip kind of person. And um, yeah, he, he just said, well, there are things that are going to happen. They're just going to happen. So you need to expect that they're going to happen and you have differences. It's how you work them out is what's going to be healthy for you. It's not that if you're going to have them, it's when. And that person, if you're able to work those things out, then that is what's going to be a healthy relationship for you and then the second one is exactly what you said is Isn't that, that there's going to be certain things that are different and 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 all of that and you know are you able to to live with that or not because you're not in a relationship to change people right or fix no. or solve you know yeah their issues and then the third thing was to have a a a specific interest so you you I think what happens is that women 
they feel like, oh, I, I need to be one. I need to be one with that person. And he's like, well, you need to be your own individual person. But it's also important that you have interests that are similar that you can relate with or that you enjoy to do together. And he just mentioned, you know, like a, a seminar or something like that, something mm -hmm. of interest that you do together. And that's yeah. interesting. And that was so enlightening for me, especially coming out of a long time traumatic, <laughs> toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you mentioned that because it's so important, I believe, for women to, to know what they want when they are dating. And they are I think it's I think it's important too. And and um I even went to the extent of writing a list of <laughs> things that, you know, kind of pros and cons of being yeah. in a relationship because it had been five years and the man that I was married to, husband number three, the man that I was married to, I had been in a relationship with off and on since I was in my teens. Oh, so we had a long long history together mm -hmm. recognizing that that's never going to probably happen again you know i had to i had to figure out do i want to be in a relationship and if so what do i want and i i like what you were saying that the coach said you i i needed to figure out for myself these are the things that i'm more of a read a book kind of person and kind of stay in and i i mean i enjoy doing different things i enjoy you know, traveling. I am just and adventurous. I, I love that about you. Even well, I actually went parasailing once, but I'm terrified of heights. Terrified. Absolutely. Like You're so courageous girl. I am walking on a balcony of a hotel, right? And I'm up against the wall <laughs> because I, you know, it had, it had kind of a, it kind of had open bars on the railing. And it just flipped me out. So, I mean, I, I'm that terrified of, of falling uh, and of heights. I get like vertigo too. So, uh, yeah, I went parasailing once. I wouldn't do it again, but I, <laughs> I did it once. That's I'm not, I'm not going to probably go ziplining, but if my guy wanted to go ziplining, I'd be like, yeah, I'll be your cheerleader. Go ziplining. Go ahead. You know, and, and that's okay. As long as he said Hey, if I wanted to go and look in a, you know, dusty old used bookstore for four or five hours one day and he didn't want to go, that'd be fine too. You know what I'm saying? And I, exactly I, what you're saying. Find, figure out what you like, what they like and find I, something else. Like go to a seminar if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go to a nice dinner place. I think it's so fun that like, I think <laughs> that's why I have Lisa on today is <sighs> So many women can relate with you because you've been a single mom, you've been a widow, you've been a, a mother and married and um, married different times, have a blended family, have gone through um, a, a lot of medical things uh, and the advocacy, like, you know, what you've done for your son and for your husband, past husband, and current Even husband. my current husband, yeah. by the way. <laughs> and even your own medical issues and the whole, yeah. you know, thing. But I, I really love your resilience. And also, I really love the way that you 
through all of this, continued to establish yourself, you know, your, your own stuff, your own things that you enjoy, and really dive in deep with that. And that's really commendable, because it's easy for people to get lost in, in their loss. I mean, you've had Mm. a lot of loss, too. You've Mm. had a lot of gains. You had a lot of losses. Mm. And then with the blended family, that can't always be easy. There's going to be a lot of different personality issues with that. So just keeping everything together and establishing your own interests and loves and passions. I just think that's just amazing. That's why I call Lisa badass. And she's like, I don't know about that. I'm like, no, no, you really are. Like, I mean, sometimes people just go through one thing like me and it's an adjustment. But you've been through so many things and continue to have that resilience and that, you know, adjust, 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 and still work on yourself at the same time. I just think that's just amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, you know, um, just to touch on something, though, too, is that um, I have gone through a lot of loss. And again, you live long enough on the planet you're going to have losses, losing my parents, you know, losing a lot of close friends, actually. Not necessarily from COVID, although I've lost a couple of family members from the COVID disease. But probably one of the biggest losses I have was when, and I go back to husband number three, but when he passed away, the blended and extended family that we had grown to know and love solidly for 12 years completely dissolved and there was a lot of displaced grief that ended with our family our blended family completely fracturing and we've lost I've lost contact with all of my stepkids that I raised and my uh, former in-laws that I knew even from my teen years, but, you know, for those 12 years that we were together, you know, that's a difficult situation. And a lot of people dealing with grief, whether it's, whether it's a child that gets sick and gets a, you know, chronic disease, maybe even passes away. A lot of families break up over that. Just husbands and wives will break up over that. Relationships will fracture because of that. When you get a divorce, families sometimes fracture over that. Your mom, your dad, your sisters, your brothers. I know in my own family, there was a family member who who their spouse had cheated on them uh, after 14 or the 13 or 14 years of marriage. And that family dissolved as well as you know, there was a lot of anger and a displaced anger among family members toward her ex-spouse. And I, I mean, it was just, you know, those kinds of things. Those are all losses. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, I know that my own father, back when he was in his late 50s, lost a longtime job that was quite prestigious and he went into a catatonic state mm-hmm. and bless his heart 
you know, I didn't know what was going on, but we didn't even talk about it in our family, but it affected he and my mother and it affected all of us. Well, not so much me because I was out on my own then, but my sister and my brother were not, and it affected us financially or them financially, um, as well as my dad and his, a lot of relationships he was in. So a lot of different kinds of grief. If we don't work through it, if we don't recognize our losses as truly grieving for things, whether it's just losing friendships that were, you know, we were talking about dissolving friendships that were, you know, especially since COVID it's happened to a lot of people. Those are losses. Those we need to work through that because otherwise we're going to get stuck. And that's where we need to recognize the problem, find a, and get into action somehow, some way, and, and work toward a solution so that we can live in some peace and harmony and serenity for ourselves again. I love the way that you express that. And I didn't realize how important that grief part was because I actually went through grief of abandonment of my old self Mm -hmm. So that old adult, and I know we mm -hmm. talk a lot about, you know, childhood um, trauma, but mine was adult trauma. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I, like me being the higher self, abandoned her. And I felt guilt over that. And so I did speak to someone who went through similar what I went through um she was a therapist because I said I still haven't grieved this and I feel guilty and she helped me through that process but I went to get help like what you were talking about the action part because it was killing me it, mm -hmm. it's like I could just still feel her and she is you know suffering and as soon as she was able to, to talk to me and tell me that you were under different circumstances at that time and you were under mind control and mm -hmm. I, you know, I completely forgot what that was all about, you know, in this process of healing. And so that's what I've been through in this past year was seeing the therapist uh, and it's so funny because I, I could see the therapist for like two times and, and get back on my own feet again. And by the third time I told her I'm good. And, yeah. but it, it's, it's different for everybody. Right. And yeah. it's different processing for everybody. It's different um, ways of emotions. I just was in a, like a mastermind tonight and we talked about anger mm -hmm. and how there was a, a lady in the class that said that she was never allowed to express anger as mm -hmm. a child because you know then it felt like she was being ungrateful and so she just as an adult learned how to express anger and know that that's okay and I was yeah. like, thank you so much for sharing that because I sometimes don't understand challenging or difficult it is for people to express their emotions. And like what you were saying, it's necessary. It's necessary to go through that process. So when we stuff in our emotions, that goes 
with hurting ourselves, we're we're basically causing diseases and other things to come in our body when we're holding it. So that's why yeah. Lisa is so amazing because she she knows about like the whole like the whole I call it like healing of the psyche, right? Mm -hmm. It's this whole process of this this thick cycle that we can get in when we're not expressing our emotions, we're not going through the process that we need to go through to come into our healthy self. And that's why I love talking to Lisa because I really feel like, you know, she really gets where people are. And that's why I wanted her to come on so that you could see and feel, you know, that she's been through so much and that, you know, in her services, she can certainly help you. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, I just want to say one other thing about that, because what you said was really important, you know, recognizing emotions and that that person that, that you took the time to recognize that that person was not allowed to express an emotion. Yeah. Um, a lot of times in dis in our dysfunction, what whether that's in a childhood dysfunction or relationship within our nuclear family or whatever kind of family we come out of and our family of origin is what I meant to say mm -hmm. um, or whether or not we're dealing with other dysfunctional relationships that we might get ourselves involved with as an adult right. we may I mean we get stuck with living a certain type of a, a set of emotions and feelings so we might think oh I'm we're just that. I'm glad we're you're bringing this up yeah, we, we might just say that we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, which that acronym HALT is very helpful if you're not in touch with your feelings, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Those often trigger things for us. But I personally had to figure out with a therapist help at earlier on, and, and now you can just go, go on and Google it. Yeah. That there are lists of emotions. If you don't know what they are, it's other than hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, mm -hmm. you can look them up. You can get a list and you can figure out that maybe, and I'm looking at one right now, under sadness, you could be depressed, you could be desperate, you could be upset, you might be just sorrowful, you might be weepy. Those are some examples. Right. Um, under happiness, you could be amused, you could be delighted, you could be optimistic, content, joyful, enthusiastic, loving, or marvelous. So, and, and on and on it goes, there's lists of emotions and, and um, feelings. Mm -hmm. So, you know what, there's no shame in trying to identify other feelings that you might go, hmm, right? I'm feeling right. something, what is that? Yeah. I don't know, let me put a word to it. And sometimes that's helpful. Yeah, 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 I I agree, and I also think that it's important that we don't feel like we are our emotions. So it does define us. Right? <clears throat> no. It's a, a now. I thank God because you know what, <laughs> Bella, don't our emotions change? I mean, oh sometimes they just whip around, right? I mean, yeah, and sometimes they're not even ours. Sometimes right. We're feeling somebody else's emotions. So yes. Yeah. So this is yep. An, even another episode. I'm glad you brought <laughs> it up though, because yeah. we did speak about that tonight and we actually wrote down some things 
And I'll just point out one of the things that we talked about was anxiety and how that could be anything on the spectrum that could even be part of, it could be part of fear. It could be part of powerlessness. It could be part of anger. It could be part of jealousy, or it could be part of happiness too. You're anxious to see your lost loved one that you haven't seen for a while. It could be on all parts of the spectrum. So just to be able to know that that's not a, I think she called it a core emotion, Mm -hmm. that that's Mm -hmm. like a subcategory and Mm -hmm. that that could mean anything. But, you know, it's important that we're able to express those emotions. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Lisa, because we have like a certain perception and Mm -hmm. we have a certain way of expressing and, and that it's almost like learning a new language in a different language and expanding our, our language and understanding and also having the compassion for other people as well. Right. Right. Because right. I agree. The more we learn, we're, we're just expanding and we can't expect everybody to, you know, expand with us. <laughs> But um, I think that's what happens is that people get angry that, you know, that person doesn't know you well enough, but it's all about the communication. That's why I love talking to Lisa, because I think your communication is very clear Mm. and very, um, it's it's like, it's very connecting for me. Thank you. Well, and I feel connected to you and I've really had a very lovely, lovely time um, talking with you on your uh, on your show today. And I really appreciate the opportunity to come on, to come on with you. And oh my gosh. thank you. No, thank we you. Talk all night, right? Yeah. <laughs> we could, we could, and we probably will another <laughs> time. Yeah. So um, what I ask everyone is what does being limitless mean to you? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think being limitless, being limitless to me is to really understand who I am. It's like being that free spirit. It's like being that, that, um, caterpillar that goes through the whole metamorphosis process and and finally comes into being that beautiful butterfly and that butterfly just takes off and becomes free and being able to you know get around in the world as a butterfly as a new creation and to me that's what being limitless is but living the life that that we that we're finding meaning in our is really what I'm trying to say. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. And um and and we can't do that living on it, it it's not just a trajectory. There's hills and valleys and and yet as this weird little caterpillar kind of creature, maybe when we start out, again that metamorphosis might take us each different time a different timeline, you know, to to achieve becoming that butterfly but once we become the butterfly then then we can just soar and fly and flit around in beautiful array of color and mm-hmm. majesty and I love butterflies yeah I I really enjoy <clears throat> as well because we and that's part of what you're saying is acceptance 
of mm -hmm. who we truly are. And we're always, I call it, we're always evolving, right? So it's mm -hmm. not just the one time, like you said, you know, it's, it's different experiences, it's different things that happen. And we're basically learning how to move with the flow of life when we're in acceptance. And then yeah. we're acceptance in here, we're receptive of what life is giving to us. And I, I think when people are in in lack or in fear or they're they have their protection up, they don't they're not letting things in. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I love about your, you know, you just your your trusting and your loving spirit. And just that faith that you have inside that you can do anything. I mean, I, I actually, I'll, I'll confess, I didn't realize I, I set Lisa up on a talk because I just, I love Lisa and mm -hmm. it was a really deep, deep talk. It was mm -hmm. like super vulnerable and she just rocked it because she was just herself and, mm -hmm. um, and she didn't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I I really feel like it's just it we have such a an incredible independence and freedom when we can actually just be and be in that acceptance and with that acceptance it's also that trust and the faith of the love of how you were created mm. I really feel that that's the way that we give back to our creator is to to accept all of the the good the bad the ugly of who we are mm, and, absolutely and just be in that in that love that love of connection the love of life the love of um us no matter we were talking about the other day um body image and i'm like mm. yeah, we need to actually love ourselves where we're at and not be upset at that whether we're 10 pounds over, 10 pounds under, you know, we're not the ideal weight. We need to love ourselves no matter what. So that's the biggest gift that we can give to ourselves. Yeah, I I think, I think the, I kind of was reflecting on that caterpillar, butterfly thing again. The caterpillar may not know it's going to become a butterfly. Right. But if you look at a butterfly, there's always part of that butterfly that still looks like a caterpillar. Yeah. That's so, <clears throat> so, but yet it's changed and it's morphed and it's different. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I just wonder if a butterfly knows that it was a caterpillar at one time. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to write about that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And, and that's the thing I think that we can end with because I really feel that Lisa embraces, <laughs> what, what, what was it? I have, I have it here. Um, er, embrace the mystery. Yeah, that's it. Embrace the mystery and enjoy the ride. I have it on my. Uh, there you go. I love that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's true. It's I true. really feel that, yeah, <clears throat> really embrace mystery. And I just feel like that is just so incredible when you're able to do that. 
And that's what, that's why I don't have expectations because it's like, I am just in the wonder and the awe and the discovery of life that it's just enjoying the ride. That's what yeah, I exactly. Exactly. So, biker chicks. Here we come. I just yeah. see those little, <laughs> little chickens that are dressed like little bikers. I don't know. There you go. Just be like, <laughs> just be free. That's right. Yeah. There you let, go. let the hair flow the air flow <laughs> through the hair and everything yeah okay well thank you so much lisa it is always such a pleasure to have you um on our show and you're certainly welcome back and um i love you just so much i just think you're just so amazing and i hope that that there's something that we've said, um, there's something that has inspired you about how Lisa has gone through life and mm. you can see how humble she is and, you know, just being able to enjoy every moment with the, the relationships that she's built and, you know, really be in the hopes of new relationships that will mm. come into her life as well. Which we didn't even talk about your grandbaby, but that's mm. another time. But Lisa <laughs> also grand grandma, and uh, she hadn't seen her grandbabies, and she has the opportunity now to uh, see her grandbaby and take care of her grandbaby. So out of all of that, I just think you're just amazing, Lisa. And mm. for the listeners, I hope that you were able to get a glimpse of Lisa and be Thank able you. to work with her. Well, mm -hmm. I know you're going to give me some links and everything I put in the show, yes. but where yes. can they find you easily if they need to find you? I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Lisa May, M-A-Y-Casero. And I'm at Facebook group, Family Health and Wealth Solutions. You can find me there. Or oh I'll drop the links in also. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Cope and Hope Advocates, I got the links. I'll send them to you. Okay, perfect. Okay. Great. Thank you so much, Bella. Always a pleasure. I love spending time with you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, lovelies, for another wonderful episode of the Be Limitless with Bella Bliss podcast. We hope to see you next time. And as always, be seen, be heard, and be limitless. All right. Well, ciao for now, and we'll see you in the next show.